Hey, y'all. I'm Erin Haynes, the host of The Amendment, a brand new weekly podcast on gender, politics, and power, brought to you by the 19th News and Wonder Media Network. You've probably heard the news that this election year, our democracy is at stake. On The Amendment, I'm breaking down what that actually means, specifically for the marginalized folks who depend on our democracy the most. This is a show that dives past the headlines and gets clear on the unfinished work of our democracy. Listen to The Amendment now, wherever you get your podcasts. It's, it's dark outside and it's not uh, getting easier. So there are times where you want to quit and where you just want to, you know, say, I've had enough of this. What gets me going is if if we don't do it, no one else will do it. And no one else will bring the change that is, um, that is, that is so deeply needed. It's a social obligation. People say to me, you gotta be crazy. How can you sing in times like these? Don't you read the news? Don't you know the score? How can you sing? And so many others grieve By way of a reply I say a fool such as I Who sees his song As somewhere to begin Welcome to Words to Win By. Today, we're headed to Switzerland, where in 2016, a tenacious group of campaigners confronted and beat back the far-right Swiss People's Party and their anti-immigrant nationalist agenda. Laura Zimmerman, who you heard at the top, is the co-president of Operation Libro. We'll also be talking to her colleagues, Stefan Manser egli also co-president, and Adrian Malstein, co-founder and director of campaigns. Operation Libro is a grassroots progressive political movement founded in 2014 in response to the scapegoating and vilification of immigrants at the core of the Swiss People's Party. Here's Laura on the storyline the Swiss People's Party is selling to the public. In, in general, right-wing populism works because it, you know, it promises easy solution to, solutions to complex problems. In Switzerland, it's even more dangerous because they were a very strong party. They were the strongest party. They still are the strongest party in parliament. And they had the power to make initiative after initiative to, you know, kind of be in a permanent campaign mode and, you know, feed this narrative of the foreign immigrants and the... Uh, very uh, mean and bad European Union. And, you know, the populist campaign framework works with very easy enemy narratives. And that's something that uh, was fed for, for a very long time in the Swiss discourse. That's right-wing populism 101. Pick some other to vilify or scapegoat. Effective political arguments, like any other tale, require an origin story, an explanation for the listeners of why things are the way they are, a source of the pain or frustration or anxiety you feel. And they also need heroes and villains. Any compelling narrative has those. And the Swiss People's Party, in many ways, was Europe's most successful right-wing populace. They set the mold that many others followed. They had been on a roll for 15 years, winning initiative after initiative, 
always putting nativist sentiment at the heart of their messaging, promising up themselves as the heroes who are going to protect the Swiss people, as their name indicates, from outsiders, whether they were foreigners, Muslims, or the European Union itself. Stefan joined Operation Libro in 2015 and is still doing this work as a volunteer while he also pursues a PhD in transnational studies. Actually, the Swiss People's Party won a couple of initiatives before that in 2010. The one that went before for the expulsion of criminal foreigners. In 2009, they won a ban on minarets, which caused some kind of outcry as well on a global scale. And then in 2014, they won this mass immigration initiative. Yes, minarets. The towers built into mosques. On November the 29th, they will forbid the building of Islamic towers attached to praying centers. The posters used during the campaign have offended the country's Muslim community of about 400,000 people. Ulrich Luach is a member of the Swiss parliament and the leader of the initiative to ban the construction of new minarets. Mr. Schluer, why there was a need to call for a referendum to ban the construction of minarets in Switzerland? You see, we have with uh, Islam some uh, serious problems in Switzerland. And so we had to, uh, to take the minaret as the symbol of political Islamization in the center and start this initiative against minarets. Everybody who looks for one second to the poster understands what it is. We are free people, we have our meanings, our opinions, and we discuss it, it openly. At the time of the ban, there were four, yes, that's right, four minarets in all of Switzerland. The push to block the construction of minarets was intended to make them a symbol because the Swiss People's Party was hoping that they could gin up fear the same way they always do by peddling the notion that Muslims would somehow be in conflict with Swiss values. They developed posters that positioned the minaret as if it were a missile that was going through and attacking Switzerland. When not attacking architecture, the Swiss People's Party focuses squarely on their favored target, immigrants. In 2014, the party introduced a referendum calling for the automatic expulsion of foreigners who had been convicted of certain kinds of serious crimes. And let's be clear, by foreigners, they meant anyone without a Swiss passport, this could mean someone who had been living in the country for generations. Because in Switzerland, unlike the United States, they don't have birthright citizenship. Simply being born on Swiss soil does not render you eligible for a Swiss passport. That referendum passed easily, and the Swiss parliament put it into law. Then, in 2015, the Swiss People's Party made major gains in parliament. Again, as ever, with an anti-immigrant approach front and center. Switzerland has taken a slide to the right, according to political pundits, after projections showed the anti-immigration Swiss People's Party is set for a record win, taking over 29% of the vote. SVP leader Tony Brunner said his party was obviously in touch with voters' concerns. I can say that the Swiss people want to put migration at the center of this election, and they don't agree with the other parties, with the government and with the parliament. We know how to handle this refugee crisis, while the others act like there isn't a problem. 
fresh off this electoral triumph, they introduced a new initiative. This new initiative would call for the automatic deportation of people deemed immigrants for any criminal offense, no matter how minor. The Swiss People's Party was powerful, and this nativist sentiment was baked in and incredibly effective with voters. So it's little wonder that opposition parties and even major NGOs, they didn't want to take up this fight. Adrian was one of the co-founders of Operation Libro when this whole thing began. I guess most parties were like, yeah, feeling they, they couldn't win that and thinking they lost it before they even got started. But how could this new grassroots player take on this fight, especially when other major actors weren't really getting in the ring? Here's Stefan and Laura. A couple of young people got together and said, well, that cannot happen in Switzerland, that these popular initiatives get accepted and we have to do something against it. We were very optimistic that we, uh, the, the newly formed political movement, can beat um, the Swiss Populist Party by, them, by their own weapons. They intentionally didn't set out to create a new party. There were too many of those already, and they wanted to do something different. So it was with this attitude that a young political movement aligned with Swiss values set out to change the political conversation. Here's the team describing the early days of the campaign. As we realized back in 2014, you know, classical traditional parties failed to have an answer against this very dangerous initiative. And uh, we very much realized that we have to do something on our own. And at the beginning, we didn't have anything. We didn't have any money. I think we had 10,000 Swiss francs from some parents. We had no office. We had no paid people. We were just a bunch of young people. There were some talks and afterwards we found each other. Um, managed to set up a core team of about 15 people, which then distributed tasks. And um, we built up this organization. So we like wrote uh, our position text, worked on content, um, what our topics would be, um, founded a, an association, um, prepared all the like a video and, a, and an appeal to start off with. And we planned everything until then we got public. And yeah, it was it it started quite furiously. Like we didn't expect all of that, but but there was a lot of um media attention since the beginning. As you've heard, Operation Libro was a small dedicated group and a startup at that, with a huge, formidable opponent. So they truly had to hone in on their strategy. Who they were going to try and move and using which messages delivered through which specific channels and messengers. So the first thing we were thinking about is that we have to win like the middle. So you think there is like this 30, 40% in the middle that we have to convince that this is, uh, that this is wrong, that this is a, a dangerous initiative. And so we said, well, how are we going to do this? There has been like a scapegoating of foreigners for 20, 30 years at least. And so they were really trained in that. So I think just this framing, as you put it, it's like maybe the oldest framing that exists on immigrants, on, on scapegoating immigrants. And I think to counter that on the same terms, like using the good immigrant or immigrants who are good examples is extremely difficult just to, to counter in the first place. Operation Libro recognized if they attempted to confine themselves to a debate about whether immigrants are good or bad, a strategy that had already proven a failure in previous initiatives in the last election, 
they would be arguing on the opposition's terms. The Swiss People's Party wanted to have the conversation be about interrogating the actions, character, and behavior of immigrants, and utilizing the standard progressive approach of telling stories and showing heart-tugging images of quote-unquote good immigrants would have just been falling into that trap. What this framing does at best is offer a chance at sympathy, at having people feel sorry for those people who are being subjected to these horrible measures. But sympathy is by definition still casting immigrants as other. It is a tacit acceptance of the right-wing frame. And since the opposition had more money, more access to media, and a 30-year head start stoking feelings about immigrants, arguing inside this frame wasn't likely to succeed. Indeed, it had already failed many times over. If they weren't going to lead with who immigrants are, how could Operation Libero reframe this debate? We have to tell the Swiss voter actually that it, something is at stake that con is their concern as well, namely their democracy, their rule of law, what they hold really dear. And this is how you have to get like the middle, rather conservative Swiss voter to, to reject this initiative. It was a bit over the top, I think, for what even conservative Swiss people would think is, you know, okay to do. And uh, we wanted to talk about that, you know. We wanted to talk about uh, what this does to a society if you um, start to hurt these pillars very badly for a certain minority group. We used the constitution, you know, I would say as the kind of rule book that we live in as a society. We wanted to remind uh, the Swiss people where Switzerland comes from, that, that Switzerland has always been a country of immigrants and they made Switzerland strong and Switzerland is a strong country because and not despite of all the immigrants. And, and uh, we also wanted to state out that uh, we have rules in a country that apply to anyone and also rights that apply to anyone. So you cannot just expose a quarter of the society from basic rights of the rule of law. So you have to write for a fair trial. You have to write... Uh, to defend yourself. So we said, well, we're going to talk about the rule of law, about fundamental rights, about the uh, separation of power. They brought that to life through various approaches, from digital ads to training volunteers to combat disinformation to posters. And they always used compelling visuals. We decided that in terms of the language and the visuals and, uh, and uh, the wording we're going to use, we're just going to use it, uh, do it as them, namely by using really... Um, harsh colors, like we had this poster with red and white, uh, so the Swiss national colors and black. Um, we had a wording that said, like, this initiative is destroying Swiss values. Um, and we had, like, Helvetia, this is like the prominent Swiss figure, crashed by a wrecking ball. As Stefan mentioned, what we're seeing in that video is Helvetia, a Swiss emblem. And so the ad begins with this positive upswell of emotion, a values-based opening. And then she gets smashed dramatically and written on the wrecking ball that is destroying her is the name of this initiative, essentially conveying that this would be the total destruction of Swiss values. With this ad and their overall approach, Operation Libro was reclaiming what the Swiss People's Party purports to represent. The people, the nation. 
the campaign was wrapping itself in the red and white of Switzerland, claiming that this initiative was a violation not just of immigrants, but of the nation itself. And their message was taking off. Suddenly, everyone was talking about it on Facebook, and the public discourse around the initiative was shifting. People were talking about whether if you steal an apple from your neighbor, that should be enough to get you deported. And because it was working, the Swiss People's Party started freaking out and trying to figure out how to contest it. They sent around an incredibly expensive colored leaflet to every single Swiss home. Here's Adrian on dealing with that. Well, one thing that, that was quite successful was um, the SVP sent out to every household in Switzerland a, a fact sheet or like a, a flyer. And um, we picked that up and uh, published a fact check with uh, the five biggest lies um, about the initiative. We, we did it, this very quickly. So this was sent out the day before and we already published the response on the next day and sent this out and then said, look, this is what they, um, they want to tell you and it's everything wrong. We don't have the money to bring that out because we were actually a very small organization, but bring that out, tell this everybody, um, spread it as, as much as you can. And um, this fact check, this, it, it was very, very successful. What's fascinating about this approach is that on the face of it, it might look like a violation of the advice not to negate. We know this lesson well. What you negate, you actually evoke. Most pointedly, for example, it's really bad to say immigrants are not criminals or immigrants are not taking our jobs. When you do that, studies show people recall the assertion but they can't remember whether it was true or false. You're simply re-cementing a top-of-mind connection between the word immigrant and the word criminal. But what it's important to understand about that advice, and this is subtle, I grant you, is that that negating advice is about not repeating what the opposition says about you. What Operation Libero was doing instead was contending with the claims the opposition was making about themselves, about their own initiative. And they did so by inputting truths in the exact same visual space where the lies resided, not by unwittingly reaffirming the lies by negating them. In essence, they used a persuasive mechanism known in academic literature as the poison parasite defense without even realizing it. The poison parasite defense is when you layer your true statement, your correction, on top of the opposition's false claim. And in doing that, what testing of this process shows is that when people see the opposition claim in the wild without your rebuttal, your correction still springs to mind. It attaches like a parasite to the hosting opposition language, and viewers are subtly reminded of it anytime they see the original. And since the opposition has so much more money and therefore reach, this is a way to get your message across, even when you cannot actually get it directly in front of people. A simple version of this is known as brand hijacking. This was made famous, for example, in anti-smoking print ads made to look exactly like old Marlboro ones, where two cowboys get depicted atop their horses with one saying to the other, I miss my lung, Bob. Then, when people would see an actual Marlboro spot, they would be subtly reminded of this messaging. 
In this way, both Operation Libero and this anti-smoking campaign were able to defang the opposition's message without even saying anything. In addition to using the poison parasite defense in print, Operation Libero used the opposition's words against them in video. And there's a there's a very good example of, of, of one guy or, or one politician saying that, well, actually, I don't know what's written in this initiative, you know, that and, and, and we took that, you know, thank you and, and put that out there. You know, he just didn't care. But this video was, was highly successful. This is really the, the, the recipe for, for success of the SVP for years. I mean, they come up with stuff. Everybody gets, you know crazy about it, talks about it, pushes it into the news. And, and, and finally, you know, it, it still works nowadays. It's not that, that, that they continue with it and, and, still, and still people fall into the trap. Again, Operation Libero wasn't reposting a video of the Swiss People's Party uttering anti-immigrant diatribes. Giving that more page views and airtime is utterly destructive and something far too common in left-wing circles. What they were showing is an opposition politician demonstrating his own ignorance, not spewing hateful rhetoric that never merits repeating. What Operation Libro was writing, in essence, was a new rulebook for combating what we now know as disinformation. So what Operation Libero did was they harnessed the power of social media to get their messaging across. That was a space the Swiss People's Party wasn't really operating in at the time. And part of that involved training an entire cadre of folks who understood the internet deeply and could get into spaces where people were spreading disinformation. Then these volunteers would come in and correct it in a calm and civil way. We saw that just afterward, but it really spread out a lot and and was was highly successful. And we did the same thing with with other um, like videos, talks. They they told wrong things. We picked that up. We cut out the videos, put facts on it, and said, "Hey, look, this is what they they tell you bullshit. Don't believe it. Vote no." And 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 this was one part of the tactic. Um, which got a lot of attention and I think came to a point where the, uh, the adversary was, was quite concerned to tell wrong things because they knew we were watching them. Before the campaign, the, the poll said it's 66 in favor of the campaign. Then the second poll was still kind of at 61 or something, really a lot in favor. And then the last poll was actually quite close. It said, I guess, 51% in favor of the, of the initiative. Um, and so, yeah, towards the end, it was surprisingly clear, I would say. I mean, we would have been happy with uh, any victory. I think that's a big thing because it, 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 at the beginning, it really looked we would lose that. And then uh, things changed really drastically. On February 28th, 2016, the Swiss people went to the polls and the answer was clear. It's a no. Swiss voters have rejected a right-wing proposal to expel foreign lawbreakers. In a referendum, 58.9% of those who took part came out against automatic deportations. Turnout was put at more than 62%. The result hands a defeat to the country's dominant anti-immigration Swiss People's Party. Operation Libero has since gone on to win a lot of new campaigns. 
including a 2016 referendum to protect marriage equality and creating an easier path to naturalization for third-generation immigrants. Operation Libro won these fights by refusing to have the opposition's argument, but instead standing on their own terms, invoking their own frame. They dealt with disinformation by smartly arming folks to tell the truth, both online and in response to the propaganda that the party sent out across the country. So what do we learn here? We learned that an incredibly small, new-on-the-scene, grassroots, barely even funded, largely volunteer force can confront right-wing populism by speaking authentically to the values that almost all voters care about, and by staring straight into the face of disinformation and recognizing that just as nature abhors a vacuum, so does online chatter. And one of the ways that falsehoods and propaganda proliferate is when we do not fill in for our audiences what is actually true. If the right wing can continue to gain traction by peddling their lies and keeping their base engaged and enraged, we can certainly fight back by keeping our much larger populations who do care about our values, who do want to stand with and for each other, armed with the truth. Words to Win By is a Wonder Media Network production. The show is produced by Grace Lynch, Brittany Martinez, and Sundas Hassan Nuli, with editorial support from Ale Tejeda, Carmen Borca Carillo, Liz Brown, Anthony Torres, and Jillian Marcellus. Our executive producers are Jenny Kaplan and me, Anat Shanker Osorio. Our theme music is written by T.R. Ritchie, produced and arranged by Dan Leone. If your words don't spread, they don't work, so please let others know and rate and review the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. song is somewhere to begin to search for something worth believing in if changes are to come there are things that must be done and a song is somewhere to begin